the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. Here we go again. Sports, transgenderism, and stupidity. Seems like it comes up every day. And today, the story, <clears throat> excuse me is that the U.S. Supreme Court refused to let West Virginia enforce a state law banning transgender athletes from female sports teams at public schools. In other words, banning males from competing against females. Um, West Virginia can't do that right now. The uh, justices denied West Virginia's request to lift an injunction against the law that a lower court had imposed while litigation on this law uh, continued. So it's kind of a temporary thing, but it's a challenge brought by a 12-year-old transgender girl, Becky Pepper Jackson, so a 12-year-old boy who wants to play against girls. And at that age, it's not really that big a deal. But the older he gets, of course, the dumber it gets. And this isn't the final word on the issue. It may not be decided until the case itself actually gets to the Supreme Court. But meanwhile, this is the kind of stupidity that comes from Democrats on this issue. Listen to the assistant superintendent of Glendale, California schools, Kelly King, talking about allowing this kind of stupidity in her district. Where I've seen the most resistance is with our coaches. And it's interesting because for them, I think once they, once they interact with a student who's gender expansive or transgender, it takes the mystique away. And then they realize, oh, it's just a kid. Oh, it's just a boy. It's just a girl. I get it now. But until they have that personal interaction, um, you know, we have male coaches who are horrified at the thought of having a biological girl changing clothes in front of them. You know, the stigma attached to, you know, abuse and, um, you know, just having a male teacher around any female student in that circumstance um, is just scary for them. And, you know, it's one thing for me to keep saying, it's not a girl. It's not a girl. It's not a girl. You only have boys in the boys' locker room until they arrive, you know, until they experience it and realize, oh, I only have boys in the locker room. Um, then that, that helps. Oh, boy. So, right, if you're a man and you see a naked girl in your boy's locker room and you think it's a girl, uh, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. Uh, and keep in mind that, uh, by the way, this, this woman, uh, Kelly King, she also brags about uh, having a special place to put the forms. She puts them in, in her computer where they'll never be seen by the parents, where she is, has the names of the, of the – where she has changed the names of the kids – in the district who want to have their name changed from a boy's name to a girl's name without their parents finding out. She says she's legally with some kind of a loophole. She brags about being able to put that somewhere in her computer where they can't find it. And if they do, she'll get a, she'll get away with it because of the loophole brags about it. So this is all going on. Uh, and, and this stupidity is coming from government officials in order to accommodate. I always have to remind you, of the population. That's what this insanity is about. Anyway, when we come back, speaking of stupidity, the Democrats in Chicago just elected someone worse than Lori Lightfoot to be their mayor. Think about that. What does that mean? And in our second half hour, RFK Jr. is running for president. What does that mean? Stick around.
Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, Salem Surround has an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. They are our cuddlers and coworkers, purr machines and love bugs, and constant companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life so much better. When we face unexpected challenges in life, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people who love their pets and the pets who love their people, ensuring these families stay exactly where they belong, together. And you have something to offer. With an open heart and mind, there is nothing you can't do. There's no gesture too small or too big when it comes to helping. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. You can help keep pets and people together. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major your investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. What could be worse than living in a city with the worst mayor in the United States? How about living in the city with the worst mayor in the United States and then replacing that mayor with a mayor who's worse. So you now live in a city with the, a mayor who's worse than the worst mayor in the United States. That appears to be what happened in Chicago. Brandon Johnson won the runoff, and the word is he's actually more left-wing than the idiot he, he will be replacing, uh, Lori Lightfoot. So what does all, does all this mean? Well, beyond the fact that there are lots of really stupid people living in Chicago – John O. McGinnis uh, is a professor of constitutional law at Northwestern and contributing editor at City Journal, and he joins us now. John, thanks for being here. Well, thank you very much. So uh, the new guy is uh, Brandon Johnson. How does he compare with Lori Lightfoot? 
Well, he's much more of a uh, ideologue, and he also comes from the. Uh, he's in fact until recently, until he's mayor, a paid agent of the teachers union. In some sense, he represents the greatest problem in Illinois and general in Chicago, in particular, the tremendous power of public sector unions, uh, because what they can do is both exact a lot of money from for salaries and particularly for pensions and also degrade the quality of public services. And so in some sense, he's the problem and he'll be negotiating uh, as the city's representative with people for whom he represented, uh, well, just uh, until he became mayor. And that's really one of the reasons that I think makes him a much more problematic choice than even uh, Mayor Lightfoot. So he beat a former CEO of public schools named Paul Vallis. But what did Johnson run out run on that could possibly have convinced voters that the the schools would be better off with him? Uh, well, I I think uh, he ran on the idea uh, that he would. Uh, it was really a a class and I fear race based election. Uh, he ran with uh, saying that the key issue in the election was black labor versus white wealth. And so I think he ran on the idea that he's going to uh, raise uh, taxes on the well-to-do and on corporations and redistribute that to uh, the people who voted for him. That's a, always a danger in democracy that that kind of vote will work. What's very worrying in Chicago, of course, is that the people he wants to hit with uh, uh, taxes are mobile, and they're already on the hook for unfunded pensions, and so they're likely we're likely to see a continuing exodus of capital from Chicago. So it'll be a self-defeating program that uh, Johnson wants to institute. Amazing how that happens a lot, isn't it? Um, they they this target the uh, a certain group with higher taxes, and then. All of a sudden, you turn around and that group isn't there anymore because they left. Right. Well, it's particularly difficult when you have a city that isn't doing that well now. I mean, New York, for instance, compared to New York, it's a kind of global city. Some people really feel they have to be there. That's not really true of uh, Chicago. It competes with a lot of other potential cities in the Midwest and now, of course, in places with much better tax rates like uh, Texas. And uh, Johnson seem, and alas, his voters seem oblivious to the constraints. Even if you thought this was a good idea about the plausibility of its uh, being instituted, he, he just seemed completely oblivious to that. And so everybody in Chicago uh, should know, if they don't, they're, they haven't been paying attention, but everybody in Chicago should know that the city schools stink. And everybody obviously knows that the cry, at crime, especially violent crime, is through the roof. So they elected a guy who's going to do more of the same with the schools or probably actually make it worse and more and do less about the crime problem than his predecessor. That's who they Yes, that's who they I elected. do fear that that's true. I mean, uh, previously, uh, previous times he said he was a, 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 he wanted to uh, defund the police. Now, he walked back from that in the campaign, not surprisingly. But my fear is uh, his previous hostility is going to make the many police officers who are able to retire or leave, so they may in some sense defund themselves. And that uh, could be very difficult. And of course, sadly, it will be harmful to all people in Chicago, but mostly it will harm uh, the minority groups that he uh, uh, purports to be trying to lift up because uh, while crime happens all over Chicago. It is bleeded in even to the best neighborhoods. It's still concentrated uh, in neighborhoods where uh, minorities disproportionately live. And so again, the point is that his policies are going to be self-defeating. Yeah, you end up getting exactly the opposite of what you're promised. <laughs> That's right. And uh, he, the other point to make is he only was able to get in, uh, essentially, uh, which was a very close election, with uh, the progressive youth vote. And uh, that is, I think, uh, the most worrying harbinger of this election, where the young are. Um, 
they were all for uh, Johnson, and uh, that suggests that uh, there's going to have to be a long process of education uh, <laughs> for them. I mean, I, I think uh, that's it's not entirely clear uh, to me that this is not going to lead to a uh, terminal decline of Chicago, because I think it's very likely that the opponents of Brandon or uh, Johnson are much more likely to leave the city. Uh, and uh, it may, even if he does badly, as of course his Lightfoot did badly, they may just either reelect him or replace him with someone who pursues the same uh, ideological, uh, ideologically based policies that have these counterproductive effects. Yeah, and and uh, I was going to get to the the uh, the under thirty vote, which I thought was pretty surprising. But um, he is black, and he did win the black vote. What was he offering uh, to make life better for blacks in Chicago? Um, if he wasn't going to fix crime and he wasn't going to make the schools any better, what would they have? Well, of course, a there is a block? tradition of uh, ethnic uh, voting that's not not unique to blacks. I mean, uh, you know, uh, speaking as a someone of Irish descent, uh, you know, certain uh, Boston they elected Curley from jail, uh, uh, even though he was uh, because he was Irish. So I think there's a certain ethnic. Uh, which would certainly Johnson tried to play off of. He made some very bold racial appeals that I do not think that the uh, mainstream media focused sufficiently on because they, they were quite shocking. But uh, so I think those were some of the reasons uh, that uh, uh, he got uh, some support uh, um, uh, from that group. He sort of split Hispanics. Um, uh, and then uh, he is able to, to get in as an enduring um, um, coalition in Chicago, uh, blacks, some Hispanics, and then uh, some, some white gentry liberals. Uh, I was a little surprised because Jackson, I'm sorry, Johnson is even, I think, a little radical for that group. Uh, but uh, I think the difficulty is that uh, uh, it's hard for their self-image uh, to vote for the more conservative candidate. And Vallis was clearly, while a Democrat, the much more conservative candidate. And I just don't think they felt they could live with themselves by voting for someone <laughs> who was identified as a conservative. Well, and I wonder also if they could live with themselves being a white liberal to vote, not vote for a black candidate. I, 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 I'm pretty sure they'd be feeling obligated to do that, too. Um, and how many... Uh, and we're talking to John O. McGinnis. He's a professor of constitutional law at Northwestern. He's also a contributing editor at City Journal. Um, there are there have been some conservative uh, black columnists, uh, politicians, who have tried to make the point that the very fact that the person that you're voting for is black, does, and if it, it, his supporting him does not necessarily mean that a black mayor is going to make it better for black people or a black governor or a black president or a, a black uh, member, any, any office holder. But should we not be beyond the point where it's just simply the color of your skin is enough to get support because you think that if that's the same color as my skin, I'm going to get a better deal? Well, it's true. As I say, though, ethnic voting, even beyond uh, African-American voting, um, uh, is, is a long tradition in the country. And one point about Chicago that I, I fear lends itself to that is Chicago is a city that is uh, where races tend not to live very close together. And uh, so uh, I think that may lead to more of that um, um, uh, than in some other uh, other cities. But it, it certainly is not a not healthy because you're absolutely right. There's no uh, necessary relation between the identity of the mayor and his having policies that help the people with whom he is identified. Uh, the policies in, in that sense. Have, much, have very colorblind effects. I mean, mm -hmm. lowering crime is uh, is an excellent example. It helps everyone and actually helps most uh, minorities and small business owners who are minorities. And so that, I think, is the sadness of it. And also with respect to the schools, I mean, uh, wealthy people, they don't need to go to public schools, send their children to public school. It's the poor 
who are dependent on that for upward mobility. And uh, the performance of Chicago public schools has been uh, not good. And the public sector school uh, uh, unions have, have gone on strike and have done all sorts of things and tried to keep the, and kept the schools closed during COVID, which led to losses of learning, done all sorts of things that have peculiarly bad effects on the minorities and poor children. So it's, I think, a very sad day uh, uh, for many of the people who, who, who actually voted for him, as well as those who didn't. And, of course, he was ant- very anti-school choice, as uh, most yes, Democrats Yes, well, said that, of course, they, they, the public schools, they don't like that competition. And right. so, uh, so in many ways, he is going to be a great test case for the hard left progressive view, because right down the line, he's for uh, attacking the root causes of crime rather than putting more police on the beat. He's against the school choice as a mechanism for educational, improving educational uh, achievement. He thinks he can tax businesses and the the successful uh, without danger of driving them away from the city. Well, we'll see. I have my own uh, hunches yeah. about how that's <laughs> all going to work out. Yeah, so I think everybody does. Um, so why should people way over here in um, Pittsburgh and western Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania and east and west of Chicago, why should this, why should they care about this? Well, I think you should care about it because it shows what's going on in one of our two great political parties, the Democratic Party. Uh, remember, Chicago is not a city, uh, San Francisco or even New York, uh, that's really, as, even though it's been very Democratic, generally been more of a moderate, pragmatic, business-friendly Democrat, and that is the opposite of Johnson. And so the face of the Democratic Party is changing, and I think there's a dramatic representation of that. It's changing also to be much more dependent on public sector unions in the uh, urban area, as Johnson uh, himself uh, shows, and that's going to have huge effects on internally. I think uh, Biden looks at this and uh, I think uh, is emboldened to move uh, left. On the other hand, uh, they'll have to deal uh, deal with the consequences of these policies. And even if people in the city keep voting for Johnson, people in the suburbs, they come into the city. And if they come into a crime-ridden city, they're going to vote more against Democrats. We saw that actually in, in the New York election. New York State, you know, trended red. Uh, and the reason it did so was particularly in the suburbs, the people going into the city who became disgusted with what was going on there. And that's the danger for the Democratic Party, even as it uh, wins uh, here again in Chicago, that it will repel uh, suburban and other more centrist voters. Well, when you see uh, that a city does something like this, I'm talking about a city's voters does something like this, installs someone worse than the mayor who was considered to be probably the worst mayor in the United States, uh, and you and they they put someone in like this. Is it time to just write them off as saying they're they're hopeless? What 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 could possibly if Lori Lightfoot didn't wake them up? Who is going to do it, and why would? Why should anybody well, I agree. Think there's any hope? I agree with that. It's not entirely clear to me that there's a great deal of hope for uh, Chicago. I mean, I, already Chicago is in very bad shape because there's all sorts of unfunded pension liabilities. And Johnson's going to do nothing about that. He wants to spend more money but not deal with the unfunded pension liabilities, which, of course, are just a, ta- a future uh, tax on people. So why would anyone move here? Why wouldn't people move away? People already moving away from uh, Illinois and um, uh, uh, Chicago. Uh, so I- I'm already pessimistic about the state. I think this is going to accelerate its um, uh, 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 decline. I-, I don't see, uh, I'm not at all sure there is a great deal of hope. Uh, of course, it may have a demonstration value for other cities that might think about going down uh, this this route, uh, even if it doesn't uh, help stem its own decline. Because I agree, uh, I, I've at least thought Chicago has been a bit at, at a tipping point, and uh, this, I think, could easily tip it over into a decline that is difficult to arrest. Hey, John, I appreciate you coming on the show. Great piece at uh, city-journal.org. Uh, John O. McGinnis, thank you. 
Okay, very good to talk to you. Bye-bye. Good talking to you. We'll be right back. SRN News. I'm John Scott, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, visiting Michigan for a county GOP event. I have a message uh, of hope. Uh, I have a message of optimism based on what we've done in the free state of Florida. And I know there's not a lot of hope for the direction of our country. People feel pessimistic. And of course, as was just outlined, uh, you've taken a lot of hits here in the state of Michigan. The visit will put the Republican governor's agenda in direct contrast with one of the Democrat Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Tennessee's GOP-dominated House preparing to vote on whether to expel three Democratic members for their role in the recent demonstration calling for gun control following the Nashville school shooting. Today's vote on whether to oust Representatives Gloria Johnson, Justin Jones, and Justin Pearson. On Wall Street, the Dow had six points, and the Nasdaq is up 93. This is SRN News. People ask me sometimes, Lance, I'm worried about my finances and I feel bad because I shouldn't be worried, right? I realize that inflation is going to be eating up money. I've got to do something to get around this crazy stock market and Biden's spending spree. Gold has, since the beginning of time, been the resource that God's people have relied on. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, is what the prophet Haggai said during a time of great shaking. To protect your retirement, I recommend that you diversify your 401k or IRA right out of paper assets and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with Gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. I want you to text the words FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and get a free info kit on Gold IRAs. There's no strings attached to this, so just text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 98. 98- 9898 and see what I've discovered here about gold and its ability to stabilize your investment and create a storage of wealth for you in unsteady times. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. AM 1250, The Answer. Brandon Tatum, unafraid to tell it like it is. We have to talk about Alvin Bragg because this guy has a conflict of interest that Stevie Wonder can see from a mile away. There's no way whatsoever that his predecessor had no evidence, and then now all of a sudden he gets elected preaching that he would indict Trump, and now all of a sudden it appears out of thin air. Listen, we have to discuss this on the next Officer Tatum Show. The Officer Tatum Show, later tonight at 7 on AM 1250, the answer. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 2.0 is buy one get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your My Pillow 2.0s now. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The answer. Weather. Partly cloudy and breezy tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 35. Tomorrow, partly sunny skies. We'll see a high tomorrow of 53. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a low of 30. Saturday, mostly sunny skies. We'll reach a high Saturday of 57. Clear to partly cloudy Saturday night, low 32. Easter Sunday, plenty of sunshine. Best day of the weekend, high 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. 
Well, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. filed the paperwork today to run for president in uh, 2024. Should he be taken seriously? Um, does he have any chance at all of taking the nomination away from Joe Biden? Jeffrey A. Tucker is an author and the founder of the Brownstone Institute, and he wrote about the possibility of this happening a month ago, uh, and he joins us now. Jeff, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's such a pleasure to be here, and I do think he has a, a, a possibility, uh, and I don't, I, and I think a lot of people understand that he does, otherwise he would be so brutally attacked uh, in today's papers. Yeah, so it's safe to say you're not surprised by this thing today, this announcement today, or this news today. Oh, not today. at all. I've been expecting it for, for, uh, for a month ago. I think I might have been the first writer, I'm not sure about that, to reveal this, but yeah, I was at a luncheon with him a month ago, and uh, it became very clear that was his intention, so I just had to just write about it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, things are unfolding exactly as I expected. Um, what, what's going to set him apart from, from Joe Biden and the rest of the Democrats? <laughs> Robert Kennedy is against the existing state of quasi-martial law in America and the oligarchic uh, public-private uh, partnerships that are leading to mass censorship, ill health, and uh, racketeering that's transferring vast amounts of wealth out of the poor and middle class over to the rich oligarchs that began three years ago and continues to this day. And and that's what he's going to make his his campaign a campaign against the administrative state and the corrupt uh, corporate uh, monopolies that have seized control of the of the of the, of the public sector and are ruining uh, civil liberties and our constitution. That's that's his core issue. So they're going to call him an anti-vaxxer all they want, but I'm not sure how powerful that's going to be. A lot of people are taking forced to take these shots that they didn't want and they didn't need. So people are pretty bitter about that. Yeah, I saw a poll somewhere the other day where people were asked, people who were vaccinated were asked if they have any regrets having been vaccinated. And I think there was a very large uh, yes response to that. Uh, And that seems uh, likely. uh, You know, at the time, a lot of people were scared. They didn't really want the vaccine. I thought, well... What harm can I do with just a vaccination? And then uh, there were so many adverse effects from the vaccine, and people who didn't experience them themselves have a nagging feeling that something might be wrong. And also they know others who were injured by them. And in the intervening time, we've gotten an ever-clearer sense of what this uh, coronavirus was, and we know what I knew three years ago, which is that 99% of the population is not in danger of any kind of medically significant uh, reactions as a result of meeting the virus. You, it's just like any other virus. You meet it, and you develop the injuries and move on. So what was all the hullabaloo about? Uh, it was a, a transfer, uh, transfer of hundreds of billions of dollars from taxpayers' uh, wallets and bodies over to Pfizer and Moderna. That's an impossible scam. And then, you know, we could consider that that these companies hold patents and they're also indemnified against all damages. It begins to look like one of the great corporate rackets of all time. And, John, and Robert Kennedy specializes in litigating against precisely this sort of thing. He's been doing it his whole life. He wants America back, uh, back from the oligarchs, basically. And uh, that will be his campaign with the vaccine, with the COVID vaccine. He's got exhibit A, as they say. Yeah, but um, can he make a campaign on, hey, you guys have got it all wrong on COVID? Uh, that can't be the only thing, but COVID is a very interesting lens through which to examine the whole of the system. They took away... Our, our religious rights, our freedom of travel, our schools, uh, basically just wiped out the Bill of Rights without a vote from Congress, funded it through money printing that led to vast inflation and now financial banking instability. And that is not the American system. So through the lens of COVID, you can understand a lot, a lot about what uh, went wrong, what's gone wrong in this country the end of representative government, the end of the Bill of Rights, the attacks on the Constitution. So it becomes a very important symbol. And uh, so what matters, however, is that 
that Robert F. Kennedy is willing to talk about this during a period in which you can tell there's a weird sort of silent treatment that's affected uh, all media in this country. I was on a podcast the other day about lockdowns. <clears throat> the guy shut off the recorder and said, in the future, you can talk about the subject, but I want you to refer just vaguely to the events of March 2020 rather than any specifics because I don't want to get uh, this podcast censored. So, you know, that's the situation we're in. There's, there's a, a, the whole experience has been memory hold and, 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 and RFK wants to make it an issue. I think he can, actually, mm-hmm. as a symbol of everything that's gone wrong with America. Uh, who, I, I'm just curious, uh, by whom was this person afraid he was going to be censored? Well, in this case, it was, uh, it was YouTube. Oh, okay. So it wasn't it wasn't government. It was uh, what? No, no, no. It's, it's well, <laughs> it sort of. It sort of is. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if there's any difference anymore, which yeah. is part of the problem, you know, and that's again, RFK has got a beat on this issue too. The fact that most of the social media platforms which we joined in order to have free speech and reach our friends and democratize information, uh, we for the better part of three years have had all of them have had embedded. Uh, agents from the National Security Council and the FBI and the CIA, and then and we know this for a fact, working very, very tightly with government to push one particular line and crush everything they call disinformation, which turns out to be, you know, correct information. In fact, I admit that. Uh, it's, 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 it's a Soviet-style uh, system existing and formerly capitalistic America. So... Uh, this is another inter- interesting thing about RFK that I've noticed. He doesn't talk like a typical Democrat. I mean, he celebrates freedom and property rights and business and commerce and religion. He's he's much closer in his political outlook to his uncle than he is to any of the leadership of the DNC today. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you. Is is he the only recognizable recognizable Democrat who's going to be able to attack Biden on the major issues like the war in Ukraine and, and all the other stuff yeah. that's out there? Uh, for now, he is, and nobody can doubt his credentials as a Democrat. I mean, the idea that RFK would run as a Republican is fairly ridiculous. Yeah. So, And, and this is not just some sort of... Uh, duplicitous little trick on his part. I mean, he really does believe, and I think legitimately, that his views do represent the authentic history and core of the Democratic Party that uh, that that his family uh, built up in the post-war period. So he's got a lot of uh, credibility, but of course he is singular in that sense. Now, his entry into the race will cause the entire thing to open up because um, I think it's very likely that in a couple months, Newsom's going to announce also. And and then as we approach uh, next year, Biden will, uh, well, they may go into the debates together. And Biden will perform very badly, of course. Terrible. And be oh. in, the, in the polls, Newsom will perform very well. Uh, he, can, he, he wants a communist America, of course. Um, but but he's very yes, he's with with a smile, right? He doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't look he doesn't and good look hair. That's really good hair. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look like uh, Khrushchev or Brezhnev yeah. or something like that. But but he is. Um, actually, Khrushchev was a bit of a reformer, but that's subject for another time. So uh, then Biden will drop out of the race due to sort of poor polling relative to the other two, and the Democrats will rally around Newsom. And then it'll be a Newsom uh, 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 DeSantis ticket, is my guess. Now, um, I don't think that RFK can beat Newsom in, within the Democrats. However, you know, you don't entirely know, uh, because California doesn't represent the Democrats in the nation in any sense. And, I, and the, the base of the Democratic Party doesn't buy into all this woke ideology they're pushing these days. So it's possible that through his sort of uh, spiritual credibility, I guess you could say, and family heritage and, and extreme intelligence, knowledge, and eloquence, that he will call the Democrats back to their roots 
uh, and enacted a change in the party very similar to what Trump did to the Republicans. You know, the Republican Party today is very different from that of Ronald Reagan. You know, that was 40 years ago, and it has nothing in common. Reagan was for free trade and free immigration and and always uh, critical of uh, budget deficits and government spending and that sort of thing. Uh, Trump wants closed borders uh, to trade and uh, migration and doesn't care anything about it. He was the, 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 the worst big spender. He doesn't care anything about big government um, and, and government spending and was constantly urging the Federal Reserve to reduce uh, interest rates to fund the spending projects. So it's a different party today. <clears throat> I don't like what it's become. On the other hand, it does reveal that it is possible for a political party to change directions and to be uh, uh, change its, its philosophical orientation. I think that's what RFK wants to do. And I'll tell you something else. Uh, I'm pretty convinced that we live in uh, unusual times. And American politics is about to go into a very different direction. You don't go through three years like we just went through and have everything just remain exactly the same. I don't believe that 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 happens. It's it's a different world, a different kind of party, and anything is really possible. So a populist party running on the Democratic side could that have an effect? It very well might. Yeah, and that's what RFK would be. He would be a populist, I guess, uh, compared to what else is going on. Um, you know, I just wonder. You talk about Newsom jumping in, and uh, who knows who else might jump in after that, but. Um, it, is it just a matter of anybody with a pulse being able to jump in and show uh, the huge contrast between whoever that person might be, RFK or anybody else, between them and uh, Biden, and that Biden will just look at it and say, okay, I'm not ready for a fight, and uh, I know I can't read a teleprompter, I can't read off a script, I can't do this, I'm, I'm going to be 82 years old. That's right, and then and then uh, then whoever's uh, number two uh, comes along and uh, sweeps up the the nomination. And you know you're, you're right. I mean, so there's a funny way in which in which RFK's candidacy here really does sort of open everything up. And uh, even people need to remember that running for election, especially at the presidential level of this country. It is like opening up a gigantic business. I mean, you can't even consider it unless you can you can gather fifty million dollars. It's very very expensive to run, and if it doesn't go well and you have a lot, uh, I mean, if you don't win, you still have a lot of money. You've got a war chest, and then you start a pack or you start a nonprofit or whatever. But it, it does kind of, you know, it it establishes a small fortune for these people when they run. So it it is. To a lot of people's advantage to to jump in the race, especially to, if they they think that uh, Biden is likely to drop out, which he is. We're talking to Jeffrey Tucker. He's the author and the founder of the Brownstone Institute. He's one of the first uh, people to to uh, say that uh, RFK would and should run. Um, the Associated Press has already attacked RFK as an anti-vaxer. It's going to it will be kind of interesting to see how the media will, starting today, it'll be interesting to see what they're saying about him entering the race, whether they'll dismiss him, whether a certain number of them will slobber all over him because of his last name, uh, and, and how many of them will uh, just say that uh, you know, it doesn't matter, and how many will you know, maybe get a little bit nostalgic and, and romanticize the whole thing because he's RFK Jr., so far, I've not seen one positive story outside of Substack. So the articles on Bloomberg and MSNBC and CNN and Reuters and you name it have been absolutely brutal telling one lie after another about the guy. I mean, I, I, it's just exhausting to read the story. But I, I don't even understand how people read the mainstream media anymore. Right. It's just so insufferable. Uh, these, these reporters are just... Uh, they know what they're supposed to say. They don't care anything about the truth. So they're, 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 they're flogging him to death right now. And uh, I don't know. You know, you think, you think RFK is surprised by that? I don't think so. I think he knew that's exactly what was going to happen. He probably counted on it. 
I mean, I don't know. How often can you call a person an anti-vaxxer? Yeah. Uh, you know, after a while, that begins to kind of lose its sting. Yeah. Well, is there is there any way to measure, though, really how many Democrats feel they've been left behind or looking for someone who feels like the old Democrat party to them? And, um, and just how, um, again, something like Newsom is just he's, – he's – going to be proposing the same thing that every other Democrat has has been proposing, only with a better smile and better hair. Uh, but RFK will actually be different. Is he going to be able to uh, use that difference? Well, how long has it been since a Democrat made any sense on anything? Yeah. Uh, the last one I can think of is Clinton, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Bill, uh, I don't mean. know the uh, Democratic base has not heard a Democrat talking to him for a very long time. Uh, I think his goal is partially educational. He really does want to change uh, the party in ways that are more consistent with uh, you know the, what he understands the American the American system really is. And it's not woke. It's not Newsom. And it's certainly not Biden. It's not AOC. And it's not this corporate hand in glove with the government to, you know, uh, censoring speech and locking you in your home and that sort of thing. So, forcing the jab on you. So, um, you know, I think he's got a lot of work to do, uh, but but he could bring people around to his point of view. I'm I'm just not ruling it out. I I think it's really possible. And even if it doesn't succeed, he will have done, I would say, a lot of good because I mean, this country does need two political parties. Right now, uh, we've got one political party that's a wholly owned tool of the administrative state, which is the Democrats. Then you've got another political party that's mostly bumbling, uh, warmongering, and uncourageous in standing up for American rights and liberties. So uh, uh, we need some we need some hardcore change in this country. I mean. Uh, we really don't want our elections just to be reduced to a a, 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 a marionette show, just a uh, a gloss on top yeah. of what's really going on, and that that seems like that's the story. But if we get, I'm just imagining, like this, I mean, my 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 ideal situation, we would uh, have somebody like um, Robert Kennedy pitted against uh, Ron DeSantis both competing for who has the best plan to dismantle uh, the, you know, quasi-martial law, corporate fascist uh, machinery out there. That would be incredible. Hey, Jeff, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Congratulations to you for being one of the first guys to uh, call this out, and I hope you're right about it all, and uh, we'll come back and talk about it later. Thanks. All the best. Okay, that's Jeff Tucker, and he's the founder of the Brownstone Institute, and we will be right back. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, Salem Surround has an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. They are our cuddlers and coworkers, purr machines and love bugs, and constant companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life so much better. When we face unexpected challenges in life, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people who love their pets and the pets who love their people, ensuring these families stay exactly where they belong, together. And you have something to offer. With an open heart and mind, there is nothing you can't do. There's no gesture too small or too big when it comes to helping. 
whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home. Every bit of kindness counts. You can help keep pets and people together. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Hey, heading for a long weekend. I'll be back on Monday, taking tomorrow off. Good Friday. Hope you have a nice Easter weekend. Um, Just a little history uh, reference here. I know exactly where I was 50 years ago, well, almost to the minute, but 50 years ago today, what I was doing, April 6th, 1973, I was at Three Rivers Stadium covering my first event, sports event, as a Pittsburgh sports media person. It was Pirate Opening Day, and it was the day that Roberto Clemente's jersey was retired, Obviously, he had uh, died the previous January, uh, December 31st is when his plane went down and he was killed. So this was a pretty emotional day, pretty big day, big ceremony down at home plate. Uh, I think the commissioner of baseball, Bowie Kuhn, was there, and um, uh, they had a ceremony. They had Roberto Clemente's wife, Vera, the three little kids. Of course, the little kids now are in their 50s, uh, and uh, they were there with her. And uh, they gave her the jersey. And Manny Sanguian, Clemente's, uh, who idolized Clemente and who was his buddy, was the, the big experiment was they were going to put Manny Sanguian in right field. There was no Dave Parker yet. He would come pretty sh- soon after that. But big thrill for me. I was, the baseball was by far my favorite sport. And I was thrilled to be there on the field at Three Rivers Stadium. And what thrilled me just as much as being there covering that as my first event was being in the press lounge at Three Rivers Stadium before the game and sitting next to the table where Bob Prince was sitting eating his lunch, and I was listening to him talk, and I couldn't believe I was there. Pretty good ride I had after that. Have a good weekend. Talk to you Monday. John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.